This is Continuum Drag, a weekly podcast where we watch sci-fi, fantasy, and everything in between. This week, The Tripods, Season 1, Episodes 12 and 13. The free men exist, all right. Hundreds of them, probably thousands. There'll be men and women and young people like us from all parts of Europe with different ways and languages. They'll be organized with plans to fight the tripods, maybe even weapons. But not one of them will be capped. That we'll all have in common. For me, it will be an exciting moment meeting them. And for me. For me too. If it ever happens. Welcome to Continuing Drag, the podcast oozing green goo. I'm Luke, here with my co-host Jordan. What's real, Jordan? That's what this show needs more of. Oozing goo. I was like, yes, finally. Give me something, guys. That's what I want to see. Alien goo. That was good. Everyone likes to see some alien goo. Yeah. And this show, this show, honestly, it would not hurt this show to constantly have stuff like that. That's what I want to see. Throwing grenades, <laughs> oozing goo. I mean, you got everything you asked for this episode. It's true. It's true. Were they great episodes? I'm going to say no. But anyways. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jordan, before we get into it, why don't we uh, do a little game here just to ease ourselves into these next episodes. Okay. A little game I think you might have uh, pioneered called Who Did What? That's what it's called. Who Did Mm, What? Okay. Okay. Uh, In which case, I'm going to give you the three lead actors of the tripods, and I'm going to give you three possible roles they might have played in other shows, and you can tell tell me who you think did what. This will really be a free-for-all because... I don't know any of these people or any of their careers, so it's just going to be guesswork. Well, to be fair, these are all child actors, and none of them had long careers. Uh, Tripods was close to the end of all of their careers, so you're just going to get a bunch of fairly random roles. So it's going to be really tough. Okay. Well, I'm interested either way. So there are three actors. John Shackley, who plays Will Parker. Jim Baker, who plays Henry Parker. And Siri Sell, who plays Beanpole. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know how to pronounce his name either. Is it Siri? Is it Cherry? I want to say Siri, I think. It's C-E-R-I. So whoever listening, make up your own pronunciation. Fair enough. Um, And then I've got three possible roles they were in, Jordan. Okay. Uh, One of them played William Begthorpe in the Begthorpe Sega, a comedy (laughs) about a wacky family made up of an advice columnist mom, a comedy writer dad, a cheating granny, an arsonist daughter, and a psychic son. Wow, that's a lot. It's called Bagthorpe? What did you say? The Bagthorpe Saga. The Bagthorpe Saga. And um, just one little bit. Was this, this is a lead role in that? Not a lead role. He's just one of the family. Okay, okay. I, I, I want to hear all of them, and then I'll make the decision. All right, then there's Stu. Someone played the character Stu in one episode of a eight-season anthology called Screenplay screenplay okay okay and finally one of these characters played child killed by car in diamonds a show about a guy who takes over his father's diamond business and turns out to be kind of a baddie hmm okay i think uh i I feel like i'm either gonna get three to three or zero to three on this but what was the first call like a bradshaw time what was it called begthorpe sega that's right I'm going to say that was John Shackley, who played Will Parker. Okay. Uh, Your next show was, uh, what was it called? Screenplay. 
I'm gonna say that was um, uh, Siri, Siri, Siri Seal, old Beanpole. I think that was him. Okay. And then the last one, the little, the little bit part with the the diamond thief or whatever you said, that's gonna be Jim Baker, Henry Henry Parker. What do we think? Three to three. Well, Jordan, you didn't get three to three, and you didn't get zero to three, so you're wrong on both predictions. <laughs> How did I do one? Yeah, one. Jim Barker, mm. he was the kid who got hit by a car. You got that right. But uh, uh, John Shackley was Stu in, in screenplay, and Circe Seal was uh, William Bagthorpe in the Bagthorpe saga. In the Bagthorpe saga. And sorry, give me the, the synopsis of that show again. It's a comedy about a wacky family. And 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 sorry, one was a psychic or something. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's an advice columnist mother. Uh-huh. There's a comedy writer dad. There's a cheating granny. There's an arsonist daughter and a psychic son in the family. Honestly, why aren't we watching that show? I don't know. We can if you want. <laughs> All right. So that's our next show. We're watching the Bagthorpe saga. <laughs> sure. We'll track it All down. 68 episodes. It's British, Jordan. So there's like one episode and then like three <laughs> Christmas specials. <laughs> that's funny. Anyway, let's get into it. Here's the end of summary for season one, episode 12, France, October 2089 AD. Escaping many dangers since the vineyard, the boys finally come within sight of the White Mountains. Mm-hmm. So this long journey we've had, we're, we're finally getting there. We're almost to the White Mountains. They've gone through all sorts of obstacles like seeing train tracks and uh, sleeping in a mall and walking down paths. So, like, they've grown and changed as characters. I mean, they went to a vineyard, apparently. <laughs> they went to a vineyard. I forgot. Oh, we missed that. We missed that riveting episode where they went to a vineyard. You've missed many of their adventures, Jordan. That's true. I, well, I, just, I, I laid out a bunch of the things they've done. Again, walking and looking. Well, this time the episode starts with them in a French village where they've been caught and are being sent to a kangaroo court before a tripod comes to cap them. Mm-hmm. So... I don't know if the previous episode was like a lot of action stuff. I'm going to guess not. But I wasn't sure at first. Well, I'm like, what? I'm like, is this a church, a religion that's being set up of some sort? Is it uh, a legal proceeding? Because everything's a little bit off. And then as you as you get a little more dialogue for some of these people, you're like, oh, they're being tried for something. This is clearly a version of um, some sort of rule of law that they've broken. Did you notice that everyone in France now has a British accent? I did notice that. Also, France looks just like England. 2089. Things have really changed. <laughs> yeah. I like I like the part. Um, it's funny because obviously this filmed in England with English actors. Uh, but there's one part where uh, it's like the two lawyers. The the Anyways, uh, and, and one of them is like, uh, this person is going to be representing you because uh, he speaks a little bit of English. But you're having to hear like an English actor struggle through French pretending to only understand, uh, understand a little bit of English. And I was like... Well done, everyone. Well, there's also the big reveal that John Paul's name is, or that Beanpole's name is Jean Paul, and he is also French, apparently. Yeah, they they drop that, and you're like, oh, it's he's French, and I'm like, oh, I guess because they were in France when they met him, I suppose. And I was like, okay, sure, he seems like a little English lad, but okay. Well, the boys are uh, worried about this, and they they try their best defense that they've got, and uh, what they say is that. In England, essentially, kids are allowed a uh, basically a rumspringer before they're capped. They can go on a little adventure, and so they're saying that they haven't done anything wrong. They're just on their rumspringer. Um, good, good, uh, good analogy, by the way. But um, yeah, it's it's not a bad strategy, really, if you think about it. 
they're hedging bets that over, you know, across the English Channel there, they don't know what's happening. So let's go with this. I, I will point out, and it's for this, it's something for the next episode. <laughs> if it isn't broke, don't fix it. Uh, sorry, if it working, what's the expression? It's not broke, don't fix if it. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Jeez. Um, <laughs> um, they, uh, they do it again in the next episode, too. They just go with the same thing. That's a good story. I, I appreciated it. But uh, what they weren't counting on was that the French people of this village find it disgusting that the English wait so long to cap their kids. They like to cap them early in France, so uh, that that's not going to fly here. Yeah, they're drinking and smoking early and capping early. As the court proceeds, uh, suddenly a man walks in, or a teen boy anyway walks in, who I assume is one of the castle teens we saw at the end of episode four coming out to find Will. Yeah, Daniel. I assume the same thing. He claims to have been following these subversive teens, hoping to discover the location of the free men. And uh, after some conversation, uh, uh, they, they court agrees to turn over the boys to this castle teen. And uh, the boys are quite surprised by the betrayal of uh, this teen they thought was their friend. This Daniel they had thought was their friend is now uh, taking them and is going to drag them back to the castle, I guess, for uh, questioning, I guess, regarding the free men. Don't you think this would be more exciting, though, if he was brought in last minute as, like, a surprise witness? Like, I mean, it's kind of what happened. Like some sort of uh, episode of, like, uh, what's a good one? Boston Legal, maybe? Yeah, exactly. It's like at the end, they're like, he's like, what, Daniel? He shows up? And instead, it's sort of like he shows up and they're like, oh, Daniel. I'm like, this is not exciting, guys. Pace this thing, you know? <laughs> you wanted this trial to go all episode. Well, if you're going to do it, make it exciting. All, all I got from it is that the judge wore a funny hat. <laughs> At any rate, Daniel, this castle teen, he takes the boys out of town on their way, I assume, back to the castle. And he's got a great um, wagon cage. It looks like it's right out of Planet of the Apes. It's like exactly what you'd put a human in Planet of the Apes. Yeah, it's like a cart. And instead of having a, sorry, like a, like a horse and buggy, but instead of the buggy, you have a cage. It's great. And the ground is covered in hay. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Because who knows? It might have had uh, some sort of livestock in it before. But I like they they just do this journey for like the longest time. And it's just a lot of conversations about like, so like we're in this cage. What do we do? Mm. And then they have like there's like this moral, moral like uh, uh, argument. Should we be, be, be attacking the guys? Like, yeah, attack him. Well, this is where the argument comes in. It's it's uh, Jordan's making it sound like it goes on. It's like two minutes of the episode. maybe. But... It's. It's, I would say, by my by my watch, it was about 20 hours. <laughs> there is there is a conversation about how they're going to escape this Daniel character. Mm -hmm. And the argument really is, is that Will and Beanpole are just like, let's fucking kill him. Fuck him. Let's kill him. Let's murder him. Old Will's just, not Will, uh, the other one was his name. Cousin Henry. Henry. Cousin Henry's just like, I don't know, man. He was our friend before, and this is all awfully strange. Maybe there's something we're missing here. Maybe we shouldn't, like just immediately murder him they're like no 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 let's just murder him immediately and they don't quite murder him obviously but they do choke him out with their belt in a way that i'm like yeah are they murdering him yeah it's funny because it would it if it was uh blocked in any other way it would look like quite a, a ruthless attack because yes they strangle him from behind using a belt um but it's it's the, the stunt work is so bad in it it made me laugh because it's just it's the least aggressive attack i've ever seen these teens they're doing a gentle style yeah well one of them even like grabs him clearly to like support him as the other one's going to strangle him and i was like it just that's what it looked just like that to make sure he wasn't hurt <laughs> this works of course and they're able to escape out of the cage and get back on track to the white mountains and so uh 
they're on their way. They're walking through. And Jordan, what do they find on their walk? You won't believe it. Yeah, it's uh, Rails again. Jordan, what's it called? Oh, it's uh, 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 Men's Rhea or something like that. <laughs> Shamanda Fair. They find another Shamanda Fair. Yeah, yeah. And th- that means they get to take a cart, which means instead of moving at a snail's pace, they're now going to move at a sloth's pace. <laughs> so much fun though, Jordan. <laughs> it's like an old uh, mine railway. So there's just an old like coal cart on it. And they all hop in and go for a ride. It looks so much fun. I would do that. I, I I don't I don't disagree, disagree about that, but don't you think at this point we've been how many episodes in? We're twelve episodes in. There, I don't. Has there anything grabbed you about these characters? Like, is there anything other than this slight argument about whether they should attack the guy or not? Like, I can't tell if it's the way they're written or the performances, which I know is not entirely fair because they're kids. But it all just seems so flat, doesn't it? Oh, I'm having a great time, Jordan. I love these guys. Okay. <laughs> but what, what do you know about them? Nothing. No, I know that Will is the straight and narrow character. He's uh, he's probably the least personality driven, just because he's like supposed to be the uh, the every teen, the every teen. But Will, Will is he on the straight and narrow? He wanted to kill that guy. That's true. He does have a bit of a rage issue, Jordan. <laughs> okay, sure he does. You're adding that in. Uh, Beanpole, he's the smart one. He's uh, always up to up to mischief, doing his inventions and coming up with plans. Yeah, I, I, yeah, okay. And cousin Henry, he's he's so rough and tumble. He's always he's always getting he's always getting up to the hard work for them. None of this. You see none of this in this show. You just see them walking. That's not true. We'll see it coming up right here because as they're riding this rail cart, it derails uh, as they're going down this hill. And when they look up, they realize they're underneath a tripod straddling the gorge they've been traveling through. So there's like they're in like this shale gorge, which I assume is part of this mine. Mm-hmm. And standing above it is like a, a tripod, like on sentry duty, but it can't look down due to the d- construction of the tripod neck. It's unable to see them below it. Yeah, it is a real design flaw in the uh, in the tripod ship or whatever whatever we know at this point, right? It's like it can look it can look straight, real good, but down, not so. And I know this is your part part of the episode, Jordan. Is they get they're underneath. They're like, what do we do? Like. Let's wait for an hour and see what happens. <laughs> it did make me laugh because I was like, why? It, it can't see you. You could you could plan something right now. Now, I have to say, at this point in the episode, I started enjoying it because something actually started happening. The problem is we're already like 20 minutes into the episode, but it was now. I'm like, okay, now. Now isn't something exciting is happening. A tripod's there. They're stuck. They're pinned against a wall. It's above them. Do they attack? Do they run away? It's a real episode of television. Jordan, this episode's 20 minutes long. <laughs> Okay, well, it took 19 minutes to get here. <laughs> they had to go to Shamanda Fair again. Your, uh, your conceiving of time is always interesting. <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, these, these episodes might as well be three hours. Yes, uh, they wait for that hour, and when we cut back to them, uh, the tripod hasn't moved on, but Beanpole's come up with an idea to, quote, destruct it. Yeah, and I know uh, we could talk about what the plan is, and I think it's a good one. I don't know if I quite understand how the pulley system works, though, because what they, what they basically you realize is they have a grenade. They've c- clearly kept a grenade either in the episode we saw or they came across it at another point. It was in the episode we saw. Yeah, right. So they've just kept it and they know what it can do and they've understand you take the pin out and it explodes and they have an axe. That's what it is, right? Yes, they use an axe as part of the pulley system. So what what they want to basically do is, in, in, correct me if I'm wrong, is... Put the axe at the top of uh, right where the the foot of the tripod is and put a pulley with the grenade in it so that the grenade goes to the axe and the axe pulls off the the key. 
What? Isn't that what it's supposed to be doing? The axe pulls off the key? Yeah, well, I don't understand. How did, how did, isn't that how the grenade loses its key? No, they. I'll tell you how it works, Jordan. What I what I want to say though here, and to my point earlier, is uh, they the beanpole comes up with this plan. He's just like, I've got an idea, and we cut to them making cousin Henry do all the work to make the plan. <laughs> that is true. Well, maybe he's just the best at climbing. <laughs> yes, but cousin Henry climbs up up the gorge, and where the where the tripod's standing on the on the corner, and they shove an axe into the shell. So essentially just the handle is there. The handle is really just there to act as like a, a pulley, essentially. So they can throw a rope over it. And on the bottom end of the rope is a grenade that they put in a sock. And they like pull that rope up so that the so the sock grenade ends up underneath the foot of the tripod. They have a separate line attached to the um, attached to the pin. Oh, see, I didn't understand that. Because you see them standing up to the side. They go to take cover and they're like tugging this other line and they pull the pin out. Oh, see, that's the part I didn't understand. What I thought, it was just the way maybe it was filmed, or maybe because I had fallen asleep because it was so boring, is that I thought they were trying to use the axe as a way to, like, get it at the exact angle to, like, p- pull the pin while they were, while they were. That's why I didn't understand. No, it's not that complicated. Beanpole's not that smart, Jordan. I guess. I guess. <laughs> but um, you know what? The, the important thing is them waiting for an hour, really, it really, <laughs> it really helped them out. I came up with this great plan. <laughs> At any rate, when they when they pull the pin, it explodes and it essentially like throws the tripod off balance and the tripod falls like on its side. It's like a turtle. It can't get up now. It's laying on its side and um, they're looking down and the there's a door apparently at the back of these tripods and it starts sliding open. And uh, Cousin Will, because he's the most resourceful of the bunch, mm-hmm. he immediately is just like, uh oh, he grabs the another grenade they have. Hucks it inside that door. I'm pretty sure it's Henry that did it. Oh, what did I say? Cousin Will? Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. It's Cousin Henry. That's the one I Yeah, meant. Henry does it. Because yeah. he's the most resourceful. Right. So, and and uh, good on him. I think I've sw- switched from Team Beanpole to Team Henry because he's uh, at least doing something. Yeah, he throws the grenade in. And it's the part we kind of talked about at the beginning of this is that it blows up. And what we just see is green goo, like, kind of pour out. And I was like, yes, amazing. Some gross ooze come out. Very, very good. I enjoyed it as well. Uh, the boys then ha- beat a hasty retreat away from the down tripod. And uh, as they crest a hill, they finally see the white mountains not far in the distance. They, they're almost there. Um, but when the camera turns around to look behind them, there's a bunch of pissed off and multicolored tripods coming around out, of the, out of the woodwork. They're all swarming around like a bunch of bees. There's going to be some tripod trouble. Yeah, yeah. And am I wrong? At this point... All the tripods we've seen have been just like a metallic gray, right? Yeah, yeah. There's a, some, there's a new tripod in town, and it's red and green and pink, possibly. Yeah. I was like, yeah, that's much better. But that's it. That's that's the end of that episode. Yeah. So basically what we had is about two minutes of content. <laughs> I love. I just love how down I am on this and how, how pro you are. Well, Jordan, should we move on to the next episode? Yeah, the White Mountains. We're finally there. Here's the INAB summary for Season 1, Episode 13. The White Mountains. Each year, in the annual games held nearby, young people are chosen to serve the tripods in their city. Some are chosen for their beauty, others for their strength and speed. We believe that within this city, only the young and strong can survive. November 2089 A.D. Will, Henry, and Beanpole reach the White Mountains, only to be captured by the Black Guard once again. Mm-hmm. 
And it it's a bit of a bummer that we didn't really get to watch the episode with the Black Knight guard guy because Black Guard, I guess. I don't know. I'm calling him something else because we. I think maybe there would be a little bit more tension here, or uh, you know, because we'd have, have seen him before. But it's like we only saw him for a second, so I'm just like, oh, I guess they have a pre-existing relationship, but I don't really know. Did we see him for a second, Jordan? I think the Black Guard are these. Uh are not a man, but a bunch of, uh, like, a military service that's run by the tripods. Yeah, I thought it was what we saw. Remember when um, those, like, like 1980s punks started throwing rocks at them and Will got knocked out and they went to that castle? I thought, I assumed those were the Black Guard. No, no, I think those were the Castle Teens. Those are the ones who ran the vineyard they worked at. <laughs> the Castle Teens, sure. Okay. <laughs> I think we I think we may not have seen these Black Guard before. I, I, if anything, I know a little bit about them because I was reading the Wikipedia and apparently... The Black Guard was created for the TV show uh, because it was they couldn't have tripods in every single scene, and they needed some sort of like enforcement service on the ground mm. to uh, add some sort of layer of threat. So they basically created like a like a, a human human force that like works for the tripods to kind of enforce tripod law on the ground. So I think what what we're seeing is a glimpse of this uh, these 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 Black Guard apparently. Mm. Well, I have to say, there's uh, the episode really starts with. Um them hiding from the, the the tripods right and so we see the tripods coming and the, and it's something i've been desperate for and we we can answer it now the tripods can shoot lasers only shooting tripods lasers. with mounted lasers there's a separate tripod that comes with a mounted laser is that right i thought it was all of them no no didn't you see there's that big red one it's the episode starts on it it's a huge red one and it's got two massive lasers mounted to it but, I mean, finally, the tripods can do something. They're shooting lasers. The boys are pinned. They don't know what to do. And then it, they do the weirdest thing. We see, like, the tripod getting closer and closer, and it's, like, leg starts going down, and it's, like, going to squish squish them, right? Well, I think what we're supposed to be getting out of this is uh, it, it's a little bit while later since they, they've blown up that tripod, but the tripods have been on the hunt for its murderer. And what we see is it's the middle of the night. They're trying to sleep next to a rock, and the tripod's plan apparently is to just fire wildly into the dark just hoping to shoot something but we do finish with it looking like it's going to squish them right and then we just cut to them being like they're fine well just because it steps on the rock they're hiding underneath Mm. like the rock saved them i mean if there's anything else uh, as anticlimactic as that 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 sums up this show (laughs) i really like that sequence i thought it was fun watching the tripods like fire wildly into the dark it was uh all shot pitch black and the lasers were the only thing lighting the scene (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I'm just glad there was a little bit of action, even if it amounted to nothing. <laughs> At any rate, the next morning, the tripods have moved on. The uh, guys wake up, but they they are discovered immediately by a couple guys with crossbows who take them hostage and drag them off to the black guards who uh, have uh, basically taken over. I guess what's a mine shaft? Essentially, they're they're mm-hmm. in a they're in a mine shaft of some sort, and the boys are taken down there and essentially. Uh, interrogated um to determine what they're doing there and you know it's a show for tweens um so they don't go too hard on them but they're especially supposed to be like uh tortured a little bit to find out why they've come Mm -hmm. this far and you know and because it's a show for tweens i think you and i jordan sussed out what was happening fairly quickly in this interrogation sequence that they're not really the black guard they're likely the free men because the black guard people keep telling us there's no free men they don't exist who sent you here was it the tripods and like very quickly you're like "Mm, I, i think i know what's happening here yeah um yeah i mean i think it was okay it wasn't you're right it's not the most subtle episode i've ever seen i i think i think if there's anything that kind of hurt this episode is that this sequence seemed to just i think it just went on too long i think i understand that they were trying to show 
just how arduous this is and how uh, how much questioning the guys have had to go through and just how strenuous it is. But it just did seem like, I'm like, didn't I just see this scene over and over? And I'm like, I'm like, guys, just get to it. They're the free men. Come on. Well, the reason the free men can't trust anyone is apparently the tripods have been conditioning their own teens in an attempt to infiltrate the freemen's ranks. So they have to put any teens who come along through this arduous uh, interrogation to make sure they're not uh, not working for the tripods. Mm-hmm. Oh, and they, they do mention one thing, and maybe uh, I missed this along the way in the few episodes we watched, but they keep talking about Eloise. Now, have we have we met Eloise before and have they mentioned her? Because I can't remember and I feel bad that I, I have a feeling it's come up before. What I like, Jordan, is we've watched two other episodes of the show and you can't keep them straight. <laughs> have we met Eloise? She wasn't. No, it, we was have she? not. We have not seen the episodes of Eloise. Okay. Okay. Because she seems like she's important. <laughs> yeah. I, she keeps coming up and we'll talk about her more uh, near the end of this. But she appears to be a, a teenage girl who Will met, I, I believe, probably in the vineyard. That would be my guess when he was there hanging out with those castle teens. They seem to have fallen in love or something along those lines. So there's a, there's this idea that Will has a sweetheart somewhere. Mm, yeah. Anyways, we're, we're not going to meet her in this episode. Uh, no. But the boys do pass all the tests that the free men put them through. And then... Mandius reveals he isn't dead. I, this this made me laugh, and I really liked it. Where they're just like, they're like, they're just uh, like one day, basically, after all this questioning, Will gets up and like the cage or the cell he's in is open. So he gets up and he's, he starts wandering around very like trepidatiously. And then he sees a table with food and stuff. And he's keep walking around. Then he up the stairs, up this sort of uh, kind of fancy staircase. He sees Mandius and he's like, Mandius And he's like, that's right, it's me. I faked my death. They're like, what we saw you die he's like did you did you see me die no you didn't anyways uh all's forgiven and they're like you're right all is forgiven i'm like okay that was fast yeah no problem ozzy mandy's had to had to fake his death for a little bit it happens all the time yeah i don't know and so this was all part of a test because he wanted the boys to prove themselves through the journey to get there that's really what he was he was doing all the time he does this all the time he has to go back to england now and fake his death again for more boys jordan i tell you this all the time it's about the journey not the destination <laughs> well now 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 you're sounding like ozymandias himself you're always just like i only care about the destination i hate the journey well i mean it just if if the journey hasn't learned anything you haven't learned anything along the way and i would argue these boys haven't um i don't know if the journey was worth it they blew up a tripod they learned something jordan Th- what that a grenade works <laughs> very important jordan very important to know okay all right what they learned is uh, uh adults are liars well now that the boys have uh gained the trust of the freemen they're taken into the white mountain and uh we get to see a gathering of the freemen as the boys are welcome to join their fold and uh, it's at this point that the leader of the freemen a man named julius an elderly man in a big old beard mm-hmm. he reveals their big plan to oppose the tripods jordan yeah, it's it's a plan. I'll, I'll give the show credit. Uh, I didn't see this plan coming. It's <laughs> so apparently <laughs> there's like a coliseum that the tripods have where they do like essentially the Olympics. <laughs> that might be the case of the way to think about it. The tripods apparently the ones who live on this planet, they live in a domed city known as the gold city of gold. Pardon me, the city of gold. And once a year, the tripods hold a series of games to get the very best teen slaves for their city. Uh, very much this is a very Hunger Games-esque uh, yeah. event that's about to happen. Yeah, and uh, old, uh, what's the leader's name? Julius? Julius. They're, he's basically like, 
I need some of you guys to eventually go to these games and train for them, go there and win so we can infiltrate and sort of take them out from the inside. Exactly, exactly. They're going to plant some teens in the games, hope they win, and then they'll get some intel on the City of Gold. And Jordan, did you catch the categories they'll be competing in in the, uh, in, in the uh, City of Gold Olympics? What, what, what are they? I can't remember. Uh, they are strength, speed, and beauty. That's what they said? Yeah, they're they're like you. We're gonna need you to compete as uh, they want. They want slaves who are strong, strong, fast, and beautiful. I was just like, okay, all right. What what's this about beauty in this game? In okay. these games? Luke, so you're one of these kids. You've had this 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 long journey. You've seen the uh, Bajay Bouget uh, railroad and stuff, and now you've come here, and and you're you're gonna have to enter into one of these three. What are you going for? I mean, Jordan, you know what I'm going for. <laughs> if is it beauty? <laughs> Of course, look at me. <laughs> oh, I'm going for speed. Oh, Jordan, you're too sh- short little legs. You're never going to make no, it. No. Come on now. <laughs> Come on. Don't don't tell everyone about my legs. <laughs> <laughs> we all know a kid like you from elementary school. You're like four feet tall and you think you're going to run in the 100 meter, but you can't do it. Come on now. Come on. I'm, I'm, going, in, I'm going in the speed category. I'm going to stubby sh- little I, I legs. What, tripods? are never going to get you there. <laughs> Am I running against tripods? They can barely move. <laughs> you're running against other teens from other schools, Jordan. No, no, Luke. You're in the beauty ca- category against a tripod. Well, then I'm definitely not winning. They're so sleek and tall. <laughs> you're like, look, he's got goo inside of him. <laughs> Jordan's like, 10 out of 10. More goo. <laughs> I would agree. Yeah, 10 out of 10. <laughs> so you're always telling your girlfriends, more goo, please. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jordan. Well, that's the end of season one. We've we've come to the end. They've made it to the free mountains, and they've revealed that next season we're going to have some Hunger Games. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll give the show this. They made me want to watch the second season because it sounded better than the first. I was like, okay, <laughs> this this journey I didn't really enjoy, and I know, I, I know you're not wrong that that's the point of the show. I just the way it was presented, I found it was. And what I wrote here was, if I had to describe the show in one word, I would I would write it as lackluster. And that's how I feel. Like everything was just like, meh. And so I just, I'm, I'm excited for this next season because something's got to happen. They're done. They're walking now. Well, Jordan, we haven't talked about it at all, but uh, how do you feel about the title treatment for this show? Because I think it's got a pretty good title sequence. It is pretty good. It starts on like, like a, a gold pattern. You don't know what it is. And then it forms into a triangle and then the triangle kind of goes backwards and that it forms part of, I think it's the eye and uh, the dot and the eye and tripods and they sort of like, and then and and tripods comes at you. I think it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, it's a cool 3D like tripods logo. Like it looks like you're looking at a massive structure, and like yeah, the eye is the is the cap. It's the cap you're looking at, Jordan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it sets you up. You're like, this show's gonna be really exciting, and they're like, no, it's not. <laughs> All right, Jordan. We know you're not feeling great about this. So, what do you want to give as a rating to France, October 2089 AD? Well, second half of the episode, uh, five out of five first half of the episode five out of uh, five put, not a rating we give anything but okay no i know no like that's the second half of the episode five out of five. First half of the episode 0. 0.5 out of five so five and a half out of ten. <laughs> five and a half out of ten eh yeah uh this is a solid seven for me i had a great time oh my i love this show the end was great i love throwing a good i don't know why you're not enjoying it i love this show <laughs> because it's it's slow as molasses that's why because they're not episodes no, of tv no, they're watching it's so much fun. people walk around and ba- badly acted no, I love it. It's good. I don't think it's badly acted. I think the kids are doing a great job. I think it's engaging. I'm having a great time. Well, uh, you know, there we are. Five and a half and a seven. What about the next episode? The White Mountains, November 2089 AD. 
I felt it was way too long on the interrogations. As you said, we both knew where it was coming. I think everyone watching knew it was coming. Um, it really was like a setup for the second season. So I can't give it more than a five out of 10. Five out of 10. I'm a little more forgiving of it. I think, you know, it's a show aimed at like 13 year olds. They're going to, you know, they're not going to hit all the beats the way you would want to as a, as a grown up. But I, I still find this show very, very engaging. I'm going to go seven again for this episode. Seven. Wow. I really like this show, Jordan. I don't know why you don't like it. It's a mystery Cause it's boring. Because it's, it's boring. It's so interesting. It's so much fun. It's not interesting. It's really boring. And they just walk around. And we don't learn anything about anyone or anything. Oh, well, we know all kinds of things. I told you about, about them already. I know all the character traits and their adventures uh, they go on together. Yeah, we just have to agree to disagree. <laughs> well, Jordan... Since we've just finished season one of the Tripods, we've had to miss mm. a whole bunch of episodes. Although, thankfully, mm-hmm. it's a British show, so we haven't had to miss that many because they only did like eight of them. So. Right, right. But that's a good lead-in for our bonus episodes for charity. What we're doing is if we've skipped an episode of the Tripods or any other show that we might have watched for the for the podcast, whether it be a best-of series where we're just skipping through doing only the top three, or whether it be one of the shows we've used the escape pod on, so we've missed, we've missed a little bit at the end of it because we've uh, dropped below a five in our ratings. This is your opportunity to get a bonus episode about one episode you wanted to see from a series that we've skipped through. All you got to do is make a donation to a charity on our website as selected by our past guests. You go to continuumdrag.podbean.com. There's links up in the top of our website there. You can get all the details on that. We'll go back. We'll watch an episode as a bonus episode for you if you give a little donation to charity. If you have any questions, just email us here, continuumdrag at podbean.com. We can fill you in on any details on that. Or, of course, check out the website. We've got all the information written up there, too. Uh, That's continuumdrag.podbean.com. And in the meantime, you can go to our social media Uh, You know, that's Instagram, that's Facebook, that's Twitter. Uh, We're going to have clips from uh, the tripods. All the great fun you're going to see on this show. I don't know what could be be on it. I can tell you now. There's a grenade, there's goo, and I don't know. There's the part where Ozymandias is like, I faked my death. I think that's about (laughs) all you can put. You're going to see a tripod with lasers? That's right. That's right. That's one for you. You'll see the the specially built tripod with lasers that Jordan somehow did not see. (laughs) I thought they all had lasers. I mean, they all should have lasers. Because what are the rest of them doing? They're just walking around, having a nice time, like everybody else. (laughs) No, it should be lasers. Lasers and goo. Guys, fix it for season two. (laughs) Well, the uh, handle on social media for all this is at Continuum Drag. So just have a look for us there, and you can watch all these clips through the tripods. But that wraps it up. So, listener, thank you for joining us. And, Jordan, I'll see you next week. More goo. Continuum Drag is recorded in Toronto, Ontario, and Seoul, South Korea. Theme music by James Rick Seedler. Produced by Jordan Dalek and Luke Black. Special thanks to Aaron Younes.